Welcome back to the Eddie Corns podcast. I'm here with Finlay Butcher. We are recapping a very eventful test where the Windies won in remarkable fashion. Finlay, how are you? Yeah, doing good, mate. And yourself? I'm good. I'm good. Now, Australia lost by eight runs. It was an instant classic. There's a lot to talk about from it. Was this just an off game for Australia, or do you think there's deeper issues that they need to address? Well, I think it was a combination of things that came to this loss. I think it was a bit of an off game for Australia, but fair play to the Windies as well. They did not screw anything up. It was for such a young side to break out like that in such a way. I thought it was just an excellent performance by the Windies. I don't think Australia's got anything to be too worried about. Maybe the Cameron Green selection, which we'll talk a bit more about later. I think that has started to come to many people's attentions. But we must remember it was only a two-test series, so the sample size is very small. I think Which sm- is so dumb, by the way. Why do they do two-test series? Imagine how good a third test would be for this. Yeah, a third test would be the most attended test of the year. Yeah. In what? It would have been at the Wacker? Yeah. No. No, yeah. No. Tasmania, no? Would have been somewhere weird. Yeah, but I would have taken it anyway. I would have gone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I thought for it to only be two tests, especially with the ending it had, was very disappointing in my eyes. Yeah, uh, the biggest thing that I took away from not only this test, but this series, was how important David Warner was to this team. And, and they really underrated him. They were, the whole time, the last probably two years, all the talk around Warner has been how they're going to replace him and should they replace him early. And those idiots look so dumb right now because Warner... He, like, built... I get he didn't make a ton of runs in the end. But the way he helped almost, like, build a team around his aggressiveness at the start. And they could kind of build off however he played at the start. And if he didn't make runs, well, then he had Steve Smith and Marnus coming in. And the ball was, you know, not brand new. But now you've got Steve Smith there who played really aggressive in the second test. And I thought it was the best he's batted in a long time. Um, but then you also have Smith, who didn't make a ton of runs in the Pakistan test or the first test. And that really screwed up people like Marnus and even further down the order like Travis Head. So Warner was incredibly important to this team. And I think all the issues Australia had are stemming from him leaving. So let's talk about Smith, the replacement. How do you feel about him opening now we've had a decent sample size? Well, 90-odd in the second innings yeah, is I'm... a one-off, I think. Really? So you think it's a complete one-off? Well, I don't think it was necessarily like it's never going to happen ever again. But I don't think... I think in the second innings, he batted the best he's batted in a while, like you said Ages. before. Yep. Yeah. Um, in Adelaide, he looked a bit vulnerable. He looked... He looked nervous. And for Steve Smith, he never looks nervous. He looked like maybe if we give him, like I said, if there was a third test, he could have further time to settle into the realm. We could make a better judgment. But because Cricket Australia have shafted the West Indies, we don't get to see that happen this week. So I think, I think he can stay for a bit longer there. But then I think if the consistent 12s and 10s and things like that continue, but Australia don't play another test for ages. Yeah, it's so annoying. What did you think of Smith's tactics? Because that was a big talking point as well. Well, wow. he, he was letting Hazelwood get on strike. with. Sanders. Yeah, I was watching the broadcast and 
They were very much wondering what he was going to do. They said when Nathan Lyon in, they said they would trust him to face a strike. But then when Hazelwood came in, it seemed like nothing changed. And Hazelwood is one of the worst batsmen I've ever seen. And it's not his role. He doesn't get paid to bat. So it's nothing wrong with it. He is just like... It's like me going out and facing Shamar Joseph, bowling Yorkers at my toes. And, and you just can't expect... I thought Steve Smith would know better than that, than to farm. So you didn't like the decision to trust Hazelwood? No. Not in the state the game was in. I think to tr- you, obviously you have to trust him for a ball and over because he has to rotate the strike so he can get so Smudge can get back on strike. But for Hazelwood to be out there, I think in the last over he had to face the last three balls. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, which was three too many. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I. It was only eight runs, so I understand it a little bit more if you're just like. It's eight runs. All he has to do is just block some out and leave some. But Joseph was having an absolute blinder and it was one of the best spells I've seen. And you just can't trust your number 11 batsman to go face that. So I had a bit of an issue with it. But again, he is the only reason Australia was even close. So uh, I'm not going to get on him too much for it. It's just, you know, I'm sure he'd like to have that last over back and probably doesn't take that single. Now, Cam Green was the big talking point this summer. Are you in or out on him? I'm out on Cam Green now. Okay. I feel like, other than in the field, he didn't offer much as an all... As an, well, he wasn't really playing as an all-rounder, was he? He took some wickets, but it was more lower-end batters. Yeah, and as a number four, your job isn't... Your, your job is predominantly yeah, you, you're to make to runs. Bat. You're yeah. there to bat. And he, he batted all right in the second innings, 40-odd, but... Other than that, it wasn't an exciting innings either. There was a couple nice on drives and straight drives down the ground, but it was nothing I hadn't seen before Cameron Green. It didn't feel like there was much improvement to his batting. It felt like he was still falling over on his drives and his he didn't look he's he's such a nervous starter. And then the argument against that is the only way to, you know, combat being a nervous starter is to play more games and get more experience. But with the state his games in at the moment, I don't know if I think another reshuffle has to be done before next summer in the Australian team. The thing for me with Cam Green is you can, you know, batters go through rough patches and we're seeing it with Head. But Head's getting out to really good balls. Green gets out like chopping onto his stumps to balls that he could leave or block out or, or that aren't really dangerous. He's never getting out to balls that I wouldn't or no one would be able to play. So that is worrying. It means he's not in the right mindset to be batting at four, which is a worrying sign for Australia if he's going to bat at four. Um, who do you think you... So you are completely out on him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I am. I don't see him in this squad at the moment. With the strength of the bowlers are still bowling out. Um, Mitch Marsh is... Although he had a bit of an off series, this West Indies series, he's still very good cricketer at the moment. His form is in. Who do you see replacing Green then? I would have gone, I would have kept Smudge at four and then put Bancroft opening the batting, probably. Agree. I, I would have rather have seen a younger person open and kept Smith at four. I agree. Does that mean Bancroft clearly... The Australian selectors don't believe in him either. 
Um, so, you know, I'm I'm probably just going to defer to the selectors there. And if they really... It's their job to pick a cricket team. So if they are seeing something with Bancroft that the stats don't show, then I would have liked to have seen a Renshaw or someone like that that's not Smith uh, opening. Because they're going to have to find a replacement at some point. And Smith... He's probably got one Ashes left in him. Yeah, next year. So if we go to England, I think it's next year. No, next year is India. India. Uh, Okay, so that's a huge test. India. If we go to India. No, India's coming here. If India come here. And they wipe us. And Smith's still opening the batting. That to me is a failure in our development. Because he will get absolutely rolled by some quality bowlers. Well, I don't even know if it's that. I just... Against India, we have to be playing our best batters, and to me, Green isn't one of them. So no, definitely not, yeah. If we can't find a replacement for Smith opening, then that's a failure in the development system that Australia has in place, and we need to look at that then, because Warner's been opening for how long now? Like, oh, Far too many years, yeah. but he should still be there. He should still be there. I think even for David, David would have been watching this and going, oh, I think, I, I mean, he feels like he's done with this cricket. And that's fair, but I still think he plays better cricket than a lot of people. I agree. All right, let's move on. Marnus, your man. Your favourite. Well, what do you mean my man? You love Marnus. I do love him, but he's a good bloke. That's why I love him, (laughs) because obviously I met him and, you know. um, He's really struggled the last few months, and he's gotten out in some not exactly awesome ways. Not in Marnus ways. (laughs) (laughs) Is it time to start getting worried? Because he hasn't made runs in a significant amount of time now. Marnus had an awful summer. Really bad. An awful summer. The worst summer Marnus has ever had since coming into the squad. It's, it's a tough one for Marnus. He's 29. He's, he's been playing cricket for a while and he's been one of Australia's best batsmen for a long time as well. I think it, Australia's next tour, I'm not sure where it is, but I know it's not in Australia. Might be in Pakistan. I'm not sure. I hope not. But Marnus needs to start making runs. Seriously needs to start making runs. The good thing for Marnus is there's no pressure behind him because there's no one there to take his spot right now. So he can relax about that. He doesn't have that pressure that looms over someone like Cam Green. But it is a worrying sign. I don't know what the issue is really because it was... It felt like not long ago when he was in England just doing whatever he liked. Mm. Is he maybe not an Australian batter? Like, he's not... Is he maybe not... Is he more of an international batter, potentially, where he does better overseas? Yeah, he has He has had good, good, good tours overseas in the subcontinent. Which is strange, because you would expect an Australian batter to bat better in Australia. Yeah, and he has batted well in Australia. Let's, yeah, let's yeah, not... Yeah diminish that just not for a while just not for a while yes exactly um Marnus for me is when he's in it's very similar to Steve Smith when he's in he's in but he hasn't been able to get in yet mm. which is the worry because mm. usually as a batsman you come in see the first over out take a while and then you get in then you're into your innings you build into it Marnus hasn't been able to build into his innings it feels like he's been slashing at things Marnus usually wouldn't slash at Marnus used to be one of the best levers in world cricket. And now and now it feels like I just don't see him leave the ball because he's only facing 20 balls in innings. Yeah, it's a strange one. I would like to hear Marnus talk about it 
and kind of see what his mindset is like at the moment because it's it's actually one of the strangest things I've ever seen. He was the best batter in the world like a few months ago. Yep, yep. And now he can't make runs. So it's interesting. Let's move on now from the test team. I'm going to read you the ODI squad. Okay, yep. And this ODI squad is something I want to see more in Australian test cricket. Now, you are going to love <clears throat> this squad, okay? I know there's a few inclusions who I'm rather happy about. Are you ready for I'm this? so ready. The captain, Steve Smith. Of course. Vice captain, Trav. Travis Trav. Trav. Sean Abbott. Oh, I don't like that choice, but... We'll get to it. Xavier Barlett. Nathan Ellis. Jake Fraser McGurk. Now, if you listen to our cricket draft, Finlay is McGurk's number one fan. So. What a player. Just signed a big contract with the Renegades as well. It's time. I called it early. Get him into the system now. So you're... He'll, you expect him to do big things on the international stage. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> Cam Green is next. Aaron yeah. Hardy. Josh Inglis. Man. Marnus Labashain. Lance Morris. Matt Short. And Adam Zampa. What do we think? It's extremely young. It's so like. young. It's, it's what I went for last week. Um, <laughs> it's... Uh, I think they could have gone a bit more experience. Who have we got? Smudge and Marn. And Head. And Trav. And then it's just... And I guess Zampa. How similar is it to the World Cup squad? Very different. It's very different, yeah. No Cummins. No Warner. No Warner. Did Stark play? World Cup? I reckon he played a few games. Yeah. It's it's, young. It's very young. And the bowlers are just... No one. generation. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so I'm excited. We're playing in uh, the West Indies. I think it's to get new people into the system. Like I said with Jake Fraser McGurk, I think you can't you can't go from playing in the Big Bash to playing in the Test team. But let's let's have a chat about Shamar Joseph quickly before we wrap up. What a young player to come from a remote island somewhere. I don't even know where. Three hour boat ride, and he was he was picked up because he was sighted bowling with guavas on his remote island. Before this test match, he'd never bowled with a pink ball before, ever. He'd never even seen a pink ball. Australia's first loss in a pink ball test. Ever? Ever. Wow. They were 11-0. Well, I think Shamar Joseph's a star. Absolute star. He's bats all right as well. He shouldn't be a number 11. (laughs) The way he batted in Adelaide, I thought he was like number five material almost. I think he's just so electric and he just loves it. Yeah, I... As... People know if they listen to this podcast, I love American sport. And one of the main reasons for this is every player shows a ton of personality. And with cricket, you very rarely see players show any personality. Like Steve Smith, I have no idea what that guy likes, what what he he does in his spare time. Lemon and lime, Mount Franklin, sparkling water in a can. There you go. I did not know that. With Joseph. His celebrations are elite. He plays with his heart in his sleeve. He's electrifying to watch. And it reminds me of NBA players. And I just think it's so good to have a young player come in and revitalize this West Indies team that has been, let's be honest, terrible for a long time since I've been alive. So I 
loved it. He's going to be a star, like you said, and I'm excited to watch him. He's actually made me invested in this West Indies team. I'm going to follow what he does for the rest of his career now. So good. He's a good test match, but he's so young. <laughs> he's played two tests. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And it's exciting for test cricket because we need more personalities. And people talking about how test cricket is slowly dying because people in our generation don't care. Well, they're going to start caring if we get more people like Samar Joseph and people actually start showing some personality and don't just act like they want to not be there when they're out in the middle batting or, or bowling. And I really enjoyed it. Now, Finlay, you are... There's one man in the world that you will defend to the very end. And his name is Skull. Oh, Skull. And he sits up in the Fox commentary box. There was a video during the test of a group of people, Skull sitting in the media box. That is my favorite video I've ever seen. And ambushed him and start banging on the window. And I was actually surprised you weren't there. I thought for sure that would have been you in that video. Look, Skull... When Skull goes, I'll go. Happily. <laughs> Skull is the... Re when... Whenever... Look, Fox commentary is the best broadcast of cricket in Australia. The commentary team is elite. I was watching the other day and it was, it was Adam Gilchrist, Isha Gua and Ian Smith. And I was like, this is good. I'm yeah, enjoying this. Definitely. And then Gilly comes on the mic and he goes, I have a change of commentary. Uh, we'll be hearing from Michael Vaughan, Brian Lara and Skull. <laughs> And at that moment... Brian Lara is really good. I like Brian Lara. Yeah, he was really good. And, well, he's Brian Lara, so... Yeah, I know, but even his reaction after the game, I thought oh, it was... Yeah, it was... It perfectly encapsulated everything that this test meant to the West Indies. And I thought he was really good throughout the whole test uh, and the whole series. So, Fox, well done. We, uh, we, we love you. We love your work. Please keep Skull on forever. <laughs> Don't cancel Skull. All right, Finlay... Thank you for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. Uh, I'll be back later this week, most likely talking about the Super Bowl and some NBA. So not sure who'll be on with me. We'll figure it out. Finlay. Yep. All good. See you around.